Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Beats Research Radio, a podcast and YouTube channel dedicated to bringing our community closer to research in the science and engineering fields. My name is Rohan Ray. I'm a student from the TMM program at UOttawa, and I'll be your host today on a special podcast episode of the Science Communication TMM 4950 course. We'd like to bid a welcome to Dr. Michele Ardolino, a professor and scientist at the University of Ottawa and Ottawa Hospital Research Institute. Dr. Ardolino is very published and is known for his novel research on using the immune system to fight cancer. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Ardolino. Absolutely, my pleasure. It is a pleasure to have you as well, and we can't wait to get into this discussion. So a lot of your research focuses on immunity and cancer. Can you tell us a little bit about what sparked your interest in this field specifically? Well, I've always been interested in uh, uh, the immune system uh, from very, say, young age, probably, uh, age to have now, uh, when I was an undergraduate student. Um, and the reason being that the complexity of the immune system is really fascinating, and trying to unravel that complexity has been kind of the mission of my, my career. There was a big interest in the field in trying to understand how the immune system was able to fight uh, if he was able to fight cancer and believe it or not now we we use immunotherapy we, we use the immune system to fight cancer quite routinely in the clinic but about 20 30 years ago there was still quite a harsh debate on whether the immune system was still was was even able to 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 recognize cancer and able to participate uh, into cancer elimination for several reasons uh, it was very well, uh, it's very well known, it's very well established that we can, the immune, our immune system is able to fight pathogens, fight infections. Uh, but for cancer, they, they, they remain more like a gray area. Is that even the T cells, your, your lymphocytes are even able to see the cancer? Because your cancer cells look very much like your healthy cells. And so the immune system might have trouble discriminating uh, out the healthy cells from the cancer cells and what the differences are, why they should kill the cancer cells and not the healthy cells. So my lab is interested in trying to unravel how the um, uh, immune system is able to see cancer and the immune system is able to fight cancer and potentially finding new ways that we can make this work better for the benefit of patients as well. Right. So it's almost like um, the human body has a sort of potential in itself uh, to to fight cancer and your research is almost trying to figure out how exactly we can best use what's already within us uh, to yes. overcome like tumors, for example. As a general, to somebody who, who doesn't have much of a background in immunotherapy and who you know might not have even known that we could use our immune system, you know, the same thing that fights colds to also fight cancer, how would you explain kind of that process? Right. There have been a couple of major advancements in the field in the last maybe 30 years. Um, and one is, is the, the one that we now call uh, checkpoint immune blockade. And that relies on the ability of the immune system and cancer to interact with each other. And when they do so, cancer cells are able to send to the immune cells some inhibitory signals. These inhibitory signals are very, very important to sustain tolerance in the body. Our immune system is a very powerful weapon, but it's also at the same time a very dangerous weapon. So there are some intrinsic mechanisms that would keep the immune system under control very, very tightly. 
You don't want under uh, after infection has been cleared, for example, your immune system to keep being all jumped up, right? Because it could cause autoimmunity, it could cause some pathologies. And in fact, they're very beautiful examples of how um, you know the immune system actually makes more damages than than good when trying to clear infection. Unfortunately, tumors, as I was mentioning before, are very smart immunologists, and they have been and they have adapted to very often exploit these signals. So they start expressing on their surface, they start producing on their surface some of these proteins that would interact with other proteins that are expressed on the that are produced by the by the immune cells. And the interactions between these proteins, the interaction between the cancer cells and the immune cells mediated by these proteins would suppress very powerfully the, the immune cells in a way that the immune cells were no longer able to, to kill the tumors. If they were very happy killing tumors uh, and then they would stop. We contributed a very, very little to, uh, to, to, this, to this by publishing a few papers trying to understand how some of this receptor works in a particular uh, subset of immune cells that we call natural killer cells, where the understanding of this receptor was not, these molecules was not very clear, and we contributed a little bit into this discourse by publishing papers trying to understand how you know, this receptor could potentially modulate the functions of these different immune cell subsets. Actually, on the on the process, on the kind of topic of immune system regulation, um, a lot of your research, we had, when we did a little bit of reading, um, focuses on a process called trogocytosis uh, and how it regulates immune responses in leukemia and cancer cells. Now, this is, I'm sure, a very kind of complex and nuanced topic with, you know, thousands of papers and hours of reading that can be done on it. But if you were to explain the concept of trogocytosis and kind of, you know, telling the immune system to calm down a little bit and uh, regulating it, how could you explain this to somebody who maybe wasn't in science and who'd like to learn a little bit more about trogocytosis and what it is? Because it sounds like a very confusing, uh, advanced term. Right. And and I, I'm going to now uh, giving you a little bit of gloating moment for me because, you know, I most of, well, most all of the research that's been done in my lab is is done by my uh, brilliant trainees and my, my, my students are, students working in my lab are, are terrific and they do all the work and they do all the thinking. I I really just take credit uh, for 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 their work. Uh, my contribution is is minimal. Uh, I'm sure it's not case, like that, but actually, I, the humility is absolutely is. But <laughs> but but in this case, I actually do have credit for the uh, very clever title that we gave to the paper that you had alluded to, um, which was the result of work of two postdocs in the lab. And uh, I, I actually came up with the title, so I'm very proud of that. And the title was uh, when killer become thieves. And, and that explains a little bit the mechanism of trogocytosis. Uh, trogocytosis is a very complicated uh, cellular process by which a, two cells, they interact with each other, they get together, they conjugate, and immune cells love to conjugate with other cells, within each other and other cells, because they, that's the way that they understand what's going on and react to that, uh, most cases. Um, but then when they detach, what could happen is that the immune cell, in this case, can carry with them parts of the membrane, of the cellular membrane, of the cells that they interacted with. And so what's happening is that they interact with each other, and then the immune cells steal part of the surface of the cell that they have interacted with. Now, what we have 
discovered was that in the context of leukemia, the cancer cells very often, or at least to some degree, on their surface have these receptors, these inhibitory receptors that I was alluding before, right? I was talking about before, these checkpoint receptors. And we also found that these immune cells that we care a lot about, these natural killer cells, tend not to make many of those receptors for reasons that we don't completely understand really. And what is happening is that, therefore, they cannot really be very well inhibited by those receptors. But when they interact with the cancer cells that have those receptors, and at that point, they steal part of the membrane of those receptors, they carry with them, uh, sorry, those cells, they carry with them the receptors, and therefore they can become suppressed by, by those same receptors. Uh, in this case, what we found was that the tumor cells expressed this molecule PD-1, the NK cells didn't, but when they get together, the NK cells will do the strogocytosis phenomenon, steal part of the surface of the tumor cell, and carry PD-1 with them, and now they become inhibited by PD-1. And this is very interesting because the immune cells wouldn't be able to, some of the immune cells wouldn't be able to make PD-1, and now they can at least be inhibited by it, even without making it itself. Right. Yes. So that does make sense. I like the title then, When Killers Become Thieves. It's also really amazing that you had a hand in almost discovering, from what I heard, a new cellular process, um, like, it, you know, in, in the body that occurs in, in cancer, in cancer patients. Um, you know, that just goes to show you, like, you know, the incredible opportunities that can be provided in, in research. And, you know, as a student, um, you know, doing his honors rotation, I'm sure that we've all become familiar that research is not exactly the most instantly rewarding field. Um, there's, I'm sure there have been lots of bumps and obstacles in your journey. Um, for example, like, you know, it must have been frustrating in the first place when you first discovered this mechanism where like, why are these immune system, immune cells, you know, producing this protein? Like, how did it get there? You know, it's almost like, you know, it's like this magical thing that, that, that occurs and suppresses, you know, the immune response and, you know, yeah, you, you're just kind of wondering how this magical, annoying protein kind of shows up, right? So, do you have any kind of? <laughs> do you have you have any kind of like? Yeah, do you do you have any, so like you know like and it, and it sometimes you know well it, it it takes a lot of of thinking to understand you know that hey maybe there is this new cellular process but it was probably initially frustrating. It thinking it takes thinking. It takes a lot of luck. Right. Uh, I can tell you uh, that I have had projects that led to nowhere uh, because as much as I could think, couldn't find a solution to that. In this case, uh, I was very lucky because um, my one of my PhD supervisors actually did publish on tragocytosis while she was a postdoc in, in Sweden. And, and then when I was, as you mentioned, at the top of my frustration, and I was thinking, how on earth is this problem? getting on these stupid cells, they, we don't be able, we not seem to be able to induce it, right? It's there, but we cannot make it. What's, what's going on? And then I start remembering, well, you know what? Christina was actually studying this. And I'm not sure if uh, she was not, if she was not, um, a, um, she was not trained me, part, uh, she was not part of my journey, scientific journey, if uh, this would have, would, have, would have happened, because really, Sometimes it's just a matter of luck. Uh, you, you can be, you have to be persistent uh, in your investigations. You have to be smart in understanding 
when there is potential in a project and when instead you know that you don't have the capabilities or you don't just cannot get out of it. Uh, but you also have to be lucky because sometimes that's actually what matters. Amongst the many good things that there are at the University of Ottawa, two things speaks very highly for this. And the one is that our department, the, biology, uh, uh, the biochemistry, biochemistry, uh, biochemistry, microbiology and immunology department, uh, my, my boss is going to kill me if I don't know this. Uh, the, the, there is, a, there is a, a very vast realm of expertise in the department. And uh, if you look at my papers, you are going to see that, that we have tapped into the expertise quite a lot. And colleagues have been asking us to help because, you know, you can always find somebody who knows how to do something. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's actually really, really in- insightful, you know, because, yeah, so much of so much of research is, you know, trying to, you know, break through a glass ceiling. And it's really hard to, you know, make these new discoveries without without help, you know, without the help from other people and without uh, collaboration and, 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 you know, expanding your field of view. And you can't really do that alone, can you? You need the help of, yeah. of your colleagues. Um, and you actually make the experience much more enjoyable because you have something to cry with when things inevitably don't work and something to enjoy with when that one time every five years they do work. Right. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. Because it, it isn't, you know, it isn't, you know, science isn't this uh, field where, you, you're you're constantly getting validation every two weeks. Um, it, it, it happens so so far and few and you know few in between that I think if it is really two weeks. You are very good. Yeah, like really really good. Should be in my lab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I would love to find a researcher that makes those discoveries every two weeks as well. I'm sure. I'm sure the. I'm sure you know. I, I'd love to be a part of his lab too. So thank you so much for your time. You know, you've given us a lot of insight. And I know that even for myself as somebody who's looking at, you know, options for graduate school, I have a lot more, I guess, ideas of maybe what I'd like to do, who I'd like to talk to. And, you know, if I do end up in a situation somewhat like yours or your postdocs, you know, and I run into a problem, I think I have more of an idea of what I'll do. I know the first thing I'll do is check into a seminar that's completely unrelated to my field of research. And maybe I'll discover something, you know? And so, yeah, that's really awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And we really- My pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. On behalf of our director, Dr. Emilio Alarcon and the whole Beats Research Radio team, we thank you all for tuning in. Beats Radio is supported by the University of Ottawa Heart Institute, the Beats Laboratory, and the Department of Biochemistry, Microbiology, and Immunology at the University of Ottawa. Don't forget to follow our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube platforms to stay in the loop for our latest uploads. Wishing everybody good health and see you all next week.